Hey everybody, welcome to Climb the Ladder for our 126th episode presented by Wash Up Network. I'm your co-host Hunter and my equally good-looking twin brother Duncan is sitting right here with me. Thank you to everybody who's been tuning in each week. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and Spotify. Plus, you can see two of the same face when you head over to YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Rugged Roots, who brings us the best in beard products. Dunk, we're right in the middle of No Shave November. It's beard season. How's your beard going? Getting it going, keeping it uh, keeping it lined and clean, but not uh, not trimming the depth of it. So yeah, work going, work appropriate. So if you uh, if you're in need of your beard grooming needs, head on over to ruggedroots.com and use code ladder twenty for twenty percent off your purchase. As always, let's climb the ladder. Yeah, we are third week of November, if you can believe that or not. That means the beards and the stashes are coming in. That means that baseball's over. The back half of the NFL season is going. Um, this week specifically, the World Cup is going. So we're in it. We're in it. If somebody would have asked me when Thanksgiving is, I would say, oh, a couple weeks or next month. And it's in couple a couple months days. for me. Jeez. Crazy. Well, let's get into a little bit of uh, baseball, a little off-season baseball for the people. We've got some baseball. We've got a little bit of uh, football recap, and then we will get you on to your Thanksgiving uh, weekend and week, really. But Hunter, biggest news coming out of Seattle is the Teoscar Hernandez uh, acquisition that we landed just this last week. Yeah, that's huge for the M's outfield. Um, kind of, kind of solving the uh, the question there of, you know, what would we, what would we do, what would we see, um, you know, happen in the in the off season for the Mariners and filling, you know, an outfield need, maybe one or two needs there, um, and then moving the attention to the infield or middle infield more specifically. Um, but there were a couple questions looming, you know, with Hanager, do we bring him back? Do we pay him? Um, or who are we going to sign also to get another bat? So he has a great bat and he is a great outfielder. So going to be an awesome addition to an exciting Mariners outfielder led by Julio in center. And now we'll put Hernandez in right or left one of the corners. Yeah, looks like he's had a pretty healthy career overall. Um, most of it spent with Toronto in a flash in Houston. But the last f- four of the last five years, he's just been rocking it. I mean, batting average, home runs, um, even games played, which is something that the Mariners have struggled with as far as healthy players goes. So really excited for him. He's had a great start to his young career. He'll be 30 um, playing with us. So hopefully we have a few good seasons with Hernandez and yeah I think somebody that can come in with some experience but really lead that outfield and get the bats going compliment Kellenic and Julio and with the departure of Mitch um 
definitely had a void there. He's going to be missed, but excited to see a little bit of new life breathe into this lineup. Yeah, I mean, and to see, you know, somebody else with that kind of power and just that presence in the outfield is going to be really good. Um, but also at the plate, I mean, he'll be a top four guy for sure. Um, I mean, batting consistently over the last three seasons for sure um, with a 260 plus average. And he has that over his entire uh, seven year career or eight year career. So he'll be a great addition. Um, but yeah, now we got to shift the focus to getting a second baseman. Um, maybe both middle infield, depending what we do with JP Crawford. But if we have him at short, we need a second baseman to fill out Adam Frazier's spot uh, or formerly that it was this last year. Yeah, definitely some needs in the middle infield. JP's been able to hold down shortstop as of recent, but otherwise we've had like Dylan Moore floating around and some other names like that. But really having like a household middle infield that we can turn to, look to. I feel like this season kind of locked the corners in a little bit better, but really being able to have a solid middle infield with the defense and the bats, I think is um, probably the biggest need for the Mariners now moving away from the outfield. And then obviously we can always use another solid guy in our starting rotation. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, But moving on to, I mean, there are a couple questions for the outfielder or the outfielder options that we have. Um, so with who we have right now, nobody else leaving, what do you think we do? What's the move out there? Yeah, I was kind of surprised when I heard this, but then I realized that Mitch Haniger was leaving. So I'd say, I mean, farewell to Kyle Lewis. That was, I think we all knew that that was coming, but hopefully he goes on to have a good career. We got a rookie of the year out of him. So kind of cool, but bummed that it didn't turn into more with injuries. So I'd say probably um, Julio Rodriguez, Kalanick, um, you know, trading out in center. Julio's probably got the lock on center with Kalanick maybe taking right and then Hernandez in left. Um, I know that we've got some other floaters in there who could come in and play. Um, Trying to think of the guy. He went up and down a little bit um, to the Rainiers back and forth. Oh, uh, Taylor Trammell. He's another one that could kind of get in the mix there if we want to DH any of these guys to preserve the career. But that's kind of what I'm thinking at this point. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, with Kyle Lewis leaving, we also got um, Cooper Hummel, if that's Mm -hmm. how you pronounce it. Um, We'll see how he shakes out. Um, You know, he would be another one to add. But, yeah, I would say with the guys that we know that we have for sure, Put Julio in center. You put Hernandez at, at left. Um, and then I kind of like a Kelnick Haggerty combo in mm-hmm. the outfield. Um, you know, if Kelnick really gets tuned up, I Haggerty can just play anywhere. I I really like that. Um, and he's good to swap up in there, you know, maybe every couple games, or if Kelnick needs a break. Um, I kind of like him as a combo out there. Um, unless, you know, unless we do get anybody else, but I think we, we have a good solid group of guys to work with out there. 
I do too. It's good that we have a good group to rotate through. We can hopefully keep people fresh. Hopefully we can, uh, you know, extend some careers, especially you have a Hernandez who's 30, which is young overall, but he's seven years in. So this will be his eighth season in the league. So somebody like that, you want to extend, you want to make sure that they can have another six to eight healthy, good years. So I think the more depth that we can provide in the outfield, the better. Yeah, no doubt. Well, let's keep rolling here. Um, you know, we love a good, good forward-looking um, prediction here or just an outlook on the future. And it's never too early for some power rankings. Um, going into the 2023, what better uh, to help with the baseball offseason than some power rankings? I love it. Yeah, I mean, we watch these pretty close at the end of the season. And I think a lot of it will carry over. I mean, we've seen some teams totally fall off the next year. Um, one that I'm hoping does is the Astros, but um, especially with losing Garrett Cole, George Springer, and Carlos Correa, hopefully we can get any of those, but um, hopefully the Astros are not still at one. Um, but let's scroll here and find the Mariners before we go through uh, the full top 10, because I think, I mean, just from what we saw and the way that they were able to take on the Astros and sweep the Blue Jays, I think the Mariners deserve some credit. So I'm seeing them at number 10. Initial thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, lower than I thought, but also um, for a young team that just made, you know, kind of a fresh um, flash in the pan appearance in the postseason. Um, you know, we would all put them top five in the Northwest, but um, I think that is a good amount of respect compared to like last season, they were like mid twenties, like, yeah, like close 20, to the bottom third, 25, 26. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's the perfect spot, you know, maybe it'd be cool to see eight or nine. Um, but I think if they had, if they had made it, to the ALCS, we'd see them as a six or seven team. Um, but 10's good. 10 still gives them a lot of room and gives them some drive to play for. Yeah, for sure. I think a little bit of a gripe, um, and I know this is early, early, early. Um, we should be above the Blue Jays because we're not really losing a lot of people and we swept, swept the Blue Jays in the wild card round. So to me, there's no way that they are above us. And then we went toe to toe with the Astros. So I'd say that one rubs me a little bit of the wrong way. And then um, the Cardinals above too. I don't know. I mean, you're going to lose Albert. You're going to lose um, Molina. And oh, looks like Wainwright did sign a one year deal. But overall, like they're losing kind of their their big names and so i don't know i would have liked to see a six or seven but again like you said i'll take that top 10 for sure yeah and then um i mean you know notably you have the astros at the top followed by the dodgers um you know not not too much of a surprise there the braves coming in at number three um i mean ever since last season you know now two championship series ago um, they really put their themselves on the radar and um, they held it, but also going out in the division series this season, 
it's surprising that they would get a top three bid going into next year. Um, but then you have to scroll down a little bit to find the uh, World Series contending Phillies are tied for number six, which I think is a knock to Philadelphia. Yeah, that's tough because they earned their spot. They played well. We, I mean, few differences in that series too, just like the one that the Mariners lost to the Astros and the Phillies could have had it. I know they didn't have the stamina, but I really would have liked to see the Phillies higher. And I think that they could repeat. Um, and honestly, I think the Padres are up there too. I think the Phillies and the Padres in the NL will be a force. Um, and then obviously people like to put the Dodgers high every year, but I don't know. I think there might be a new, uh, new kid in town and we might see a big dog rise up. Yeah, no doubt. Well, um, a lot of off season moves to come and I'm sure that will even affect the way too early 2023 power rankings. And especially after, um, kind of the off season trades fizzle out and we get, especially after January 1st, like then it's just looking at, you know, getting ready, the team's getting ready for spring training and we'll see a lot more moves. Um, some new power rankings might come out, but um, we'll keep everybody updated on trades around the league, um, not just at home with the M's, but we're just rolling through this episode because we got a couple exciting Thanksgiving plans that we'll give a little preview here soon. Um, but got to get got to get packed on the other end of the screen and uh, get the wheels turning. So, um, before we get into a couple of segments, uh, just a little listener shout out. We do this every once in a while for people that, that chirp us, um, you know, hit us up on socials and, uh, tell us how much they love listening to the show. Wanted to give a shout out to, um, one of our newer subscribers and, uh, somebody who's just told us that he enjoys the show is uncle Bob. Um, Uncle not Bob. one of our uncles, but that's what we know him by. And thanks for listening, Uncle Bob. Thanks for subscribing. And uh, to all of our listeners, make sure you go out and tell your friends. You never know who's going to enjoy it. And we just want you guys to be part of the conversation. Definitely. Well, Hunter, Boise State recap. Got to do our uh, alma mater justice. A wild game, a wild ending against Wyoming uh, as we head outside the diamond this week. Boise State, uh, we'll get into the crazy ending here in a second, but Boise State won the game 20-17 to in Laramie to clinch the Mountain Division for, I think, the fifth time in the last nine years, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And they're hosting – or maybe they're hosting – yeah, I think appearances. And now they're hosting the Mountain West Championship in two weeks. Uh, Mandy and I got tickets. We're going to be there on the blue watching the Broncos take on either Fresno state or San Diego state, but man, to get there, it was some work. I watched the Boise state game and just a quick recap was uh, Boise state was down at half and they went in. uh, I think it was six to 10. They came out of half. They were up 13, 10 and it was wild because Wyoming just stayed in it. They had the same record. They looked good and Wyoming scored. They went up 17, 13 and really they were in control. So Boise state gets the ball back. Um, 
they actually picked Wyoming off on one of their last drives with about a minute and a half left. And I was like, yes, that's the game. And then I thought, okay, let's slow down a little bit. You never know what'll happen. And um, what happens? Boise state fumbles. Wyoming picks it up and um, really a game saving tackle by Jalen green, true freshman quarterback tackles the guy. And on the very next play, Wyoming throws to the end zone when they're within field goal range to tie. Uh, They throw into the end zone, double coverage, Boise state picks it off again and then seals the game. So it's just a crazy turn of events. Uh, If you haven't seen it for anybody out there, hop on Twitter and just search Boise state versus Wyoming ending because it was a wild string of emotions, just a roller coaster, but they did clinch the mountain and they take on Utah State this Friday at uh, 10 local time. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, doing it in fashion, in style makes it a little, I guess, easier going into this week. Um, you know, it's not always easy against a good Utah State team this season. Um, we were saying, Dunk, last week that a good memory or maybe the last couple weeks that we went to the early November uh, away Utah State game, did that day trip. So, I mean, we go out here, beat Utah State on Black Friday. Um, it's uh, 12 o'clock Eastern time, 10 p.m. Mountain. Um, and 10 a.m., yeah. T- 10 a.m., yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if it was 10, <laughs> 10 p.m. Yeah, yeah, 10 a.m. misspoke there. Um, lock up. I mean, we already locked up the Mountain Division, and we can go into the Mountain West Championship undefeated in conference play. Yeah, it's really exciting, especially with the way that we started. We've talked about that, but just the resilience of the team going potentially undefeated in conference play. Utah State, always good, but on the blue, I mean, it's it's a must win. It's an easy it's an easy win. They have to take it and just roll into the home field advantage, which is already locked in and hopefully just roll past Fresno state and San Diego state and really show, Hey, this season was mountain West championship or bust. And we made it happen. Yeah, for sure. They're a fun, good, exciting blue collar Broncos team too. Yeah. They're uh, back to the fundamentals. They're running the ball, another game over 200 yards rushing. Wow. And, I mean, establish the run and the game will be set. And they did it. Shout out to a good two-headed monster running back approach. Yeah, Halani and Gianti, uh, absolutely killing it. Young, uh, Gianti's young too. I think he's a freshman. So yeah, really fun to see that. And yeah, I think, I mean, they've really ironed it out this year. And I think next year they could definitely be a top 25 contending team. Yeah. Definitely excited for that. We'll see how they finish up, which bowl game they go to. Um, But Dunk, I mean, this is a short, quick week of work, just a couple days here. And that is all because of one of the best holidays, mostly because of the food that comes along with it. Thanksgiving is on Thursday, the 24th. It's an early one this year. Um, You know, we get an extra week of Christmas celebration. Got that get the decorations up and going, but dunk, what was a hit the spot from this last week? And then we'll do a little Thanksgiving preview, which are bound to be full of hitting the spot. Yeah, man. Uh, thinking back quick. Oh man. Had a, a good brunch on Sunday uh, this weekend to wrap up the weekend. And 
Uh, Mandy made some homemade pumpkin cinnamon rolls uh, topped with a nice uh, maple bourbon syrup cream cheese icing. So say that 10 times fast, but talk about hitting the, the spot combo. on a Sunday morning. That absolutely did it. Sounds like you hit the spot. I mean, no better way right there. Yeah, um, and, and fall going into Christmas season. I mean, that's it because from here on out, you know, you go more like gingerbread, um, you know, the pecans. Yeah, eggnog, eggnog uh, peppermint, yeah. you know, it's all here. My coworker told me about some eggnog cinnamon rolls mm. that, I mean, talk about a combo. That's good right there. Good to I'm excited know. to try those. What about for you? Yeah, uh, I would say just after a weekend full of projects, we got to Sunday night and just kind of wiped, being on our feet all day. My legs were tired from crawling around on the roof, you know, reach over the edge and get the hang up the Christmas lights. Um, just go, 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 um, you know, crouch, bend over, just kind of sore, tired. And when you don't want to make dinner, Found this little hole in the wall teriyaki place just a mile down the road. Mm. Um, I could have run there and picked it up, but um, it was that close and hadn't been there. They said they had a grand reopening, so I don't even know if it's been operational in the last couple of years that we've been here. But we got three different orders, you know, to spread the love on like the sesame chicken, the sweet and sour. Oh, yeah. Uh, the teriyaki, you know, just get a nice family spread leftovers, of course. And dude, these were the biggest teriyaki portions I've ever seen. Nice. And like pretty good deal. Less than, I think less than $12 per dish, dude, pretty good stuff. And I mean, it's all, it's all about the setting too, but that hit the spot at the end of a long day. Yeah. Right place, right time um right portion no you know you can't beat can't beat teriyaki really yeah well we're looking forward to thanksgiving duncan is uh putting the wheels down and getting them turning um for a little thanksgiving road trip i'm staying local here but one thing that is for sure and it's going to be the same for both of us and probably a lot of our listeners is the thanksgiving feast and we want to hear and we want to see what you guys are eating. We want you to tweet at us, uh, send us some pictures or give us a, give us a, you know, first quarter through fourth quarter spread of what do you start with? What do you drink on the side of it? And how do you send it home with some dessert? So you can go, I mean, if you have enough items, go, uh, you know, batting order on us, give us nine. Um, but it is football season. There's a pretty good slate of games on Thanksgiving. And then we also get some Black Friday football, which will be cool. Yeah, excited for that. I feel like um, it's proper because there's football on Thanksgiving, on Black Friday. I'm going to give the uh, the good old two-minute um, two-minute two drill on offense here. Um, I feel like you got to go. First quarter, you just get a little bit of everything. You you play the field, you see what's going on, what's what's kind of rising to the top, who's your best player. And so then I think in the second quarter, you've kind of established the run. You see, you know, what's good, what's consistent. Maybe you go back, you grab a little more GBC, maybe some more uh, mashed potatoes. But if you didn't get, you know, enough dark turkey, you can grab some. And then that takes you to halftime. Grab the roll, kind of reset. Mop see it what, up. 
yeah, see what the, the game plan is going into third quarter. And then you kind of go back to the first quarter and you say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to maybe spread it around a little, maybe grab, you know, one of those sweeter sides that you hadn't grabbed yet. It's like when you establish the run, you just got to go back to the basics. Yeah. So then maybe you haven't, you know, you need some more of those cranberries or like the ants, you know, salad that you didn't really know what it was, but it ended up being really good. (laughs) And then the fourth, you really just got to drive it home with whatever, like whatever you're going to not regret having until the next year. So if it's just one big plate of mashed potatoes, if you're going like a 50, 50 mashed potato stuffing split. And then for me, personal uh, taste, you just got to top it all with gravy. Yeah, no doubt on that. Um, Fortunate here. We got a little Cajun cooking from our very own Joey Giglio. Um, Last report I heard for the game plan was he was bringing a big pot of jam. Uh, Can't go wrong with some, Homemade jambalaya. Nice. Um, that's always good on the side. Um, we're contributing a, a five cheese baked mac and cheese homemade. Mm. Um, so I'm excited for that. So that's definitely going to be a third quarter carb. You know, after I've already established some protein, um, I go dark meat with, I like a, a little slice of a, of a white turkey breast, but mostly just mixing gravy, turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, Got to make the the mashed potato volcano so that the mm. gravy doesn't spill too much. Good move. Um, one roll for the first half, one roll for the second half, and then just go hard. Finish up with some mac and cheese. Um, Got to give it a good a good uh, time gap to go for dessert because uh, we got to come back into OT with that. But definitely excited for it. And then to top it off, the uh, drink, you got to be strategic there. You got to go in with some water. You kind of got to cleanse. I'm always in for the Martinelli's. I mean, you can't beat sparkling apple cider. It just doesn't get better than that. And then maybe a little wine pairing or something on the lighter side, maybe a white wine so it's not as heavy. Kind of got to avoid the beer unless you're actively watching football because it just takes up room. So, you know, maybe you nightcap it with a little bourbon or something. Yeah, definitely cocktail uh, during or more so post Thanksgiving dinner. Beer early in the day on those early two football games. But when that last one starts, I think it's cutting it too close. Yeah, you got to switch over. Well, I love the uh, 2 minute um Excited for Thanksgiving and all the festivities. Yeah, Dunk, looking forward to it. And uh, everybody enjoy. As always, yeah. climb the ladder. Climb the ladder.